Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Car show. Now that I've taken to calling it a show, um, because I hate the word podcast, why can't I just accept that what I'm doing is a podcast and um, I'm just like every other fucking douchebag out there? Uh, I don't know. I think... You know, there's definitely a desire. Uh, It's the narcissism of small differences, they call it. I definitely have a desire to be uh, special, unique, not like everyone else. Um, I also think that, you know, when I've seen people start podcasts, uh, especially, you know, so late in the game, like as, as you guys know from a previous episode, I joined Instagram a couple weeks ago because I was encouraged to do so by the powers um, that B, who sort of helped me with my, um, you know, career. Um, so I joined Instagram and, and that felt disgusting and also pathetic to join in 2018. Like, it's like, who joins Instagram in 2018? Real Melissa Broder, you better follow me, by the way. But, oh, and also now I'm convinced that I'm Instagramming like way too much, like that I'm posting like way too many posts and I'm driving everyone like who probably isn't paying attention, but you know, I'd like to, I like to imagine everyone is judging me because then it at least makes me feel like think people are thinking about me. Um, you know, that I am driving people nuts. Um, it's really, it's that fear of being judged in a way that I am not aware of, you know, it's the fear of being judged in a way that I'm not aware. I, I don't. And it's also a fear of like, you know, it's like judge not lest ye be judged, judgments I've had about people like, oh, well, you know, this loser starting a fucking podcast. Not, and not that they're a loser, but like the, that they're, the fact that they're starting a podcast now, I'm like, oh, look, it's another one. So for me to do it, I'm like, well, people must obviously be thinking about that, me, that about me. And you know, that's the problem with judging others is that often one hand, one finger pointing out, three fingers pointing back at us. But really also, I mean, then, you know, I think if we judge others, I've heard it said that it's, you know, because we judge ourselves a lot, but I also think it's something, you know, we judge others for the things that we fear becoming, but then I kind of feel like everything I've ever judged someone for, um, you know, I have ended up doing myself, um, and been like shit, which may be like some karmic shit for judging. You know, so that's why I try not to judge. And I profess that I'm like non-judgmental. You know, I claim, and I think in some ways, I am non-judgmental. Like I think I'm not judgy about, um, you know, like when people like fuck up their lives. I don't think I'm judgy, or like when people are a mess, like a blatant mess. I don't think I'm judgy. Um, But then, like, I'm judgy when people use, like, the same words as everyone else. Like, lately, I've been hearing a lot of people saying, you know, I'm thank you for holding space for me. Thank you for holding space for me. And I'm just like, just say thanks for listening. Why do we have to, like, brand namification or, like, I don't know. It's this, I don't know. It just... And I'm trying, I'm like, why does it bother me so much? Is it because some, I, someone has heard it somewhere and then thinks they are being something like, what is the root of my annoyance at, 
everyone using these same sort of psychobabble words. Like, I'd like to say that it's because I'm a steward of language and care. And, and I think part of that's true, you know, as a writer and particularly as a poet, um, words are important to me. And, you know, everyone using the same word is just like annoying. Um, but there's gotta be something deeper about it. Like, what is it about the holding of space or, you know, when everyone is using the word trigger, right? Or when it, it doesn't really matter or like, remember when everyone was using the word unpack or disrupt, you know, it's like, what is it about that? And it's like, I guess I see someone, what are they doing? I feel like they're, it's almost like they're wearing a costume. Like they're like, uh, you know what it is? They are signifying that they are part of some group, I guess. To me, that's what's happening. It's like they're signifying that they're in the, uh, uh, about know about something or they heard it somewhere. And I guess, you know, I probably, hmm, have I ever wanted to fit in? Like definitely, definitely like all human beings. Ooh, I almost got in a car accident. Um, but I think that, I mean, I didn't, I was just like changing lanes. Um, but, and like a car was approaching very quickly, but, um, I don't even know, you know, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Judge not lest ye be judged. I claim that I'm non-judgmental. I always say like, you know, that's one of my best qualities, but like somebody says, thanks for holding space. And I'm like, I want to fucking kill them. And um, I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe it's just annoying. Maybe certain things just annoy us. But why does that really piss me off? Um, I don't know. So I'm eating cheesecake. Um, Speaking of uh, everyone, speaking of doing the same exact fucking thing all the time. um, Yeah. And, um, you know, look, I'm not going to front. I eat these cheesecakes. I eat three of them a day, like every fucking day. I'm still on them. Um, and while I do eat other items in my card, in my car, it would be a lie to say that the cheesecakes aren't like a main, um, a forefront of my life. So, um, yeah, there's not going to be diversity of food on here. I've said that before. If you're looking, if you're a foodie, if you're really looking for that, um, you know, that, that foodie, that foodie experience, um, this is not where you're going to come. This is not where you're going to come. So, um... My guest today is my dog, Pickle. Um, he's not going to really participate, though. He's sitting, he's passenger seat, sort of sniffing around these cheesecakes. But, um, you know, there two of them are chocolate. One of them is uh, the marble, so he can't fuck with the chocolate. Um, but um, he's my guest. And I'm, I'm not going to have any guests, I don't think, on this show. The podcasts that I like are really just people just kind of talking, you know, maybe almost like a comedy tape. Um, and so I don't know, like, why do I need to have guests? Like, why do we have to have a, why do I have to have a fake conversation with someone? And actually that I I was thinking the other day back to when I first got on Twitter and I remember they used to say Twitter's a conversation and I was like, no, it's not, not really. I mean, it's a conversation. It's always felt like conversation, me and myself or me to the void. Now I know there are others who like to have the conversation online, but it's a conversation for me. Like a real conversation is like, you know, language of the heart, like heart to heart. And when people have conversations on Twitter, it's always more about like a, a perfect, it's a more of a performance, right? Like an impromptu performance. Um, and I'm like, I'm, you know, again, judging something I judge, 
something I judge. Um, so, you know, while I claim to be non-judgmental, um, also judging people having elaborate conversations, I also judge people, oh, on Twitter who like are always promoting, um, not just their own shit. Like if someone's always saying like, like every day there's a new book that's so great or a new movie, you know, but a lot of times it's like their friends, but it's a new book. I'm like, how many books are you reading? And also if, if someone likes a lot of things, it starts to lose its meaning to me. I'm like, give me the person who hates everything and tell me what they like. Then I might have more trust. Um, because everything that has ever been recommended to me for the most part, um, you know, I've not ended up liking. I've had about probably like, I don't know, 20 people recommend me. I'm not going to mention the name of the show because ever since I was shit talked on a podcast, I just don't feel it's necessary. Like I, I'm going to doubt the person of this show, um, that I'm not recommending, um, doesn't listen to this considering I think there's like, you know, I, I just don't think that they, I think they have better things to do, but why mention names? So there's a TV show or it's like a, I don't know. I think it's like a, a net, a streaming show that like eight people were like, you have to see this. Oh my God, you'll love it. And I was like, this is like the worst fucking thing. And I was like, how could you think that I would like this? I just feel like the bar is set very, very low. It's very rare that something isn't a piece of shit. Very rare. Usually most things are a piece of shit and like not in an enjoyable way. You know, most things are a piece of shit. And so if someone's recommending something every day, I'm like, all those things can't be that good. You know what I'm saying? If most things are a piece of shit, then like the, the things you're recommending, like 90% of them are probably a piece of shit. So I don't trust you. So that's my judgment of frequent recommenders. Also, um, people who are always having conversations on Twitter and people who use the word, um, you know, the words holding space, um, or like chosen family. I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. You know, it's, it's not the family, family of origin. I'm like, I know the family you were born into, right? That it's not the family you were born into. It's your friends. It's your friends. So, um, yeah. But to get back to this whole thing about, you know, why would I want to call the show? Why would I be so afraid of being just another podcaster when let's be honest, that is what I've become. I've become what I hate as we all do in time. Um, you know, and it's, and that desire to be different, that fear of, um, it's not only, I, I don't think it's just the fear of judgment. I think it's also this fear of like dissolving or disappearing, like like feeling as though I don't deserve to be on the planet. So I really need to prove my worth extra, you know, like I need to be extra special. There's an expression that's like being better than to feel equal to. And I think, well, well, actually I was about to say in false humility, I'm not trying to be better than, but truth be told, I, I do by calling myself a show, I'm trying to be better than just, you know, all the other podcasters who started in 2018 or whatever. But um, I'm going to keep calling this a show, by the way, FYI. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm ever going to call it a podcast again until I probably do. Actually, I think the artwork says podcast and I probably won't change it. But, um, but you know, it's this fear of, of dissolving, of disappearing, of if I am not special, if I'm not unique, also if I'm not like always fucking like working really hard, always thinking of my next thing, you know, like the next 
piece of writing that I'm going to make. You know, it's why I'm writing two novels right now. Like, it's like, if I don't, I have to, I feel that I have to work like triply as hard or I'm just going to like disappear. Um, The weird thing though, is that like, while my greatest fear, it seems, or maybe one of them is disappearing or vanishing. It's also a wish. Like I would like to just disappear or vanish like into, into like a beautiful dissipation of like just stardust and nothingness and pure consciousness. I mean, like that would be really nice. So why do I fear? Why do I also fear it? Um, I don't know. I don't really have the answer to that. Um, I will say though, that it's not the easiest way to live, you know, to constantly, um, feel as though like, you know, your last thing, your last effort wasn't good enough. You know, it's all about like the next thing. Um, I do think that it has helped me be prolific as a writer. And I I think it has served as a great motivating force. But one question for me is like, would, could I be motivated and not hate myself? Like, does my motivation have to stem from that fear of not being enough? Um, the truth is, I don't know. I mean, if I wasn't, um, so full of, uh, emptiness and terror, um, would I feel that, you know, drive to create or could I, I, you know, I have said many times, I don't think that you have to suffer to make art. There's a lot of really incredible artists who were not tortured. I don't think that is a prerequisite, um, at all. So I will, for the record, say no listeners, I don't think you have to suffer to make art. Um, and I, and you know, and I know it to be true even from when I got sober, I was very afraid that I wouldn't write again. Um, and, um, and I actually took a year off. Um, this was 13 years ago and I took a year off. I didn't write anything. Although by the end of, um, my drinking and using, I really, I wasn't really making much creative stuff. It was actually, I had decided I was going to do some, I was going to do music criticism. Um, which like now, like the thought of being a critic is like my, that just seems like a nightmare to me. But you know, I, I was, I was, um, when I got sober, I was in my early twenties. And so before I got sober, I was in my early twenties. And I've said before, you know, I really, I was living in San Francisco and I like really wanted to be hipster. And, you know, I would have never said the word hipster, but like, you know, I just wanted to be, it was so important to me to be cool. So I was doing this music writing, but after I got sober in New York, I moved, moved back to the East coast, lived in New York for a year and then got sober. Um, I really wasn't sure if I was going to write again, you know, and I, I, there was a year and it's probably the only year of my life that I haven't written, um, because I've been doing it since I was in third grade. Um, and, and by the way, I did get, I got an email the other day asking if I'm ever going to talk about like, um, you know, getting sober and that process. And, um, you know, I do talk about it some in the book, so sad today, um, you know, I'm very open about my sobriety. I don't like to talk too much about sort of, um, the people who have helped me get and stay sober. Um, just because I, I don't feel that I represent them, you know, and, and, um, I never want it to be like my ego sort of, um, 
I never want to be speaking about, about the, you know, the people who have helped me so much from a place of ego. And I like to respect the, I like to respect that, but you know, you've, you could always email me and I'm sure I will. Uh, so sad today, 29 at gmail.com. If you want to know, um, I also have that in the so sad today book that, you know, if you want to know like how I, how I got sober, cause I did get help. It was not, I did, I have not done this alone. Um, you know, and, and I'll talk more on a personal level. Um, but so I wasn't sure if I would, um, you know, and I can also tell that story too on another podcast. Like I'll tell more about the story, but it is in that, it is in the so sad today book. Um, but you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to, to write again. And what I did a year later was I took a class with Gotham Writers Workshop, which is like this very kind of, it's a, it's a workshop in New York that anyone can do. Um, like you don't have to have a college education. Um, you don't have to have any experience writing and it's all different people of all different like levels. And I just was, I wanted to have those deadlines again. And very slowly, um, you know, I began to write again, um, very slowly and very like just one piece and then another. And then eventually I did go and get the MFA, but I honestly feel like that you, like you absolutely don't need that. Um, by the time I was done with the, and it took me forever to get it because I didn't want to go into debt for poetry. So I just, the place where I was working, um, used to pay like a very small amount of tuition, uh, assistance a year. So I went to just like a really cheap school and I was like, fine, I'll just take one class a semester and I'll to get my MFA for like nine years. And, uh, you know, and then the place where I'm working can pay for all of it. Um, but so by the time I was like about, by the time I was done with the MFA, I was like, you know, I, like I was like writing a paper on Herman Melville and I'm just like, please God, like nobody should be doing that in their thirties. You know what I'm saying? Like no one should be having to, unless they really want to. But, um, so yeah, so the MFA, mm. but, um, but, but being in a workshop did help cause it was like, it gave me context and it, it gave me sort of, um, like deadlines, which were great. You know, it's sort of, there's like a big world out there and there's a big sort of void and a big abyss, abyss. And one, I had this poetry teacher in college, um, who right before I graduated said to me, you know, no one gives a shit if you write poetry. And at the time I thought that was such a dick thing to say. Um, but you know, now I know it is true. So to have like, you know, to be in a workshop really helped me, um, feel like, well, some people kind of do care if I write. I mean, granted in a workshop setting, everyone's just waiting for their turn for their poem to be workshopped or like, I mean, for me in a, in a writer's workshop, I'm always just like waiting for my poem to be workshopped or like, you know, obsessing about someone hot in there. Like it's not, you know, but occasionally you'll hear something that's like really beautiful, but it does give you that context, you know, which I think a lot of times as a writer, especially when you're just starting again or starting like you need. Um, and so, but so I will say, you know, I learned from that experience, like, and my art got better. Like my writing got a lot better in sobriety and a lot of what I have learned in sobriety, um, about telling the truth about myself. I mean, that has had a direct impact on the way I write. So, you know, no, I don't think we have to suffer to make art, but I do think that, um, you know, a lot of my like drive does come, I mean, it comes from depression in a lot of ways because it's like, 
well, like, I just need something else on this fucking planet, you know? It's, like, the thought of just, like, living, just, like, being alive and not making shit seems like a fucking nightmare. Um, it feels itchy to me to be alive, so I'm gonna make some shit, you know? And, um, but, you know, I don't, I don't think that you... I don't think you have to suffer to make art. Um, I don't know that I'm ever going to find out for myself whether, you know, if I, I mean, maybe someday I'll come to love myself entirely. I don't know um, when that will happen on the journey. It's been quite a journey so far and I've done a lot of work and I'm still not there yet. Um, You know, so I don't really know. I don't really know if it's ever going to be, you know, like I'm going to reach that sort of ascended place of self-love and acceptance and you know I will say um it it hasn't happened yet um and I mean it's you know it's like the kind of thing where um when the Pisces my last book came out um in early May please buy the Pisces everyone please buy the Pisces and read it um when the Pisces came out I like there was um it's now been it's been in the New York Times now three times for different things. The New York Times didn't had never written about me ever. Well, once they did because when I worked as a book publicist, um, I dressed up as a hot dog at a literary conference to promote um, a young adult book. And they, so they were writing about the ways books were being promoted at this conference. So they were like, you know, three young publicists and one dressed as a hot dog. So, But, like, I had never been in the New York Times for anything related to my own writing. But I guess it's like, you know, the New York Times, they take a while to, like, figure shit out. But once they do, they're like, ooh. So I've been, the Pisces has been there a couple times. Once was a profile, once was a review, and once was like an editor's pick. And like on the heels of that, I'm like asking my agent, I'm like, well, so do you think that like, like what if no one buys my next book? Or like, you know, what if no publisher buys my next book? Like, am I going to have to self-publish on Amazon? And my friend Mira was just like, listen, you're already a known writer. Like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And would self-publishing on Amazon be so bad? And she didn't say that. I'm saying this. Probably not, you know, but it's just like, I don't know. I have this fear of like, I guess it's because for so long I was a poet and I worked with, um, really, really tiny presses. And when I say tiny presses, I'm like, you know, a guy in his basement in Florida, shout out Jason Cook, wonderful publisher, or Adam Robinson, a publishing genius, you know, um, makes a great book, but it's like, as a, you know, as a, as a poet with these really small presses, like I was always carrying my books over like state lines and, you know, um, you can't, I, you don't earn a living. And, um, so it's been really nice to be able to like, you know, uh, feed myself off of my work. And I, I just don't want to go. And I also think it's pride. Like, I just don't, I don't want to self-publish on Amazon. Would it be the worst thing? No would not be the worst thing. I don't want to do it. So it's like, you know, but on the heels of like, like there's no amount of success or like good things that can happen that I like don't fear sort of the outcome of like, well, it's all downhill from here. You know, I always just assume it's all downhill from here. And, and I can also always find ways to sort of like not be enough in certain areas. You know, like I've had this experience a lot with Um, you know, I work more in, when I do, I do some screenwriting out here, um, in Los Angeles, um, which I sort of like, I I didn't move here to do that, but it's just, I've been doing some of it. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm used to working like alone to writing alone, like basically like Sylvia Plath with my head in an oven. I mean, that's like, you know, part of what I love about writing is the solitude. Um, but, um, I work with writing partners out here, um, 
and I've wor- and I work with men sometimes and it's um and it's funny because I'll you know I'll be working with someone and have like great creative chemistry we really respect each other's work but I'm like I just need to know if they think I'm hot like I just need to know and like the people I've worked with have had great boundaries you know like they haven't like been gross or sloppy but I'm like but does do they think I'm hot and I'm not gonna ask I'm not gonna have you know I'm not gonna like hit on someone that I'm working with or because it's really not even about that it's not it's like and it's this feeling that like they can think I'm smart they can think I'm talented they can like my work you know somebody can they can like me for all these reasons but if they don't think I'm hot then like all that stuff doesn't count you know it's like that is so important and, um, it's not so important. And that's one, that's something I'm like trying to learn, you know, is to, because also, I mean, like it's better. I don't want to know, like truth be told, I don't really want to know if they think I'm hot. If any of them were like, you're hot, I'd be like so uncomfortable because we work to, you know, we're working together. It's a creative partnership, but I'm just like, I just want to like secretly know because like if they think I'm smart and talented, but they don't think I'm hot. Like, I don't know. It's like, I guess it's just something that I was a message that I was given when I was young that that is like very important and I kind of don't count for shit unless um I'm attractive so um yeah on that ugly note um Pickle and I have just um I have finished the cheesecakes and Pickle had a little lick of the marble one um I am going to um and I've pulled over so that I didn't get into a car accident I'm going to head home now with him and give him his proper dinner. But, um, yeah, uh, I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.